Well, good morning and happy Sabbath. I was talking to my wife this morning, and uh, she asked how I was doing, and I told her it, I felt like a little kid on Christmas Eve. I said, look, the, the, the house is all decorated, the outside's decorated, the presents are under the tree, and I can't wait for Christmas morning. She told me I couldn't open any presents until all the family showed up later tonight. But I'm still anxious. Amen? Are you ready for it? I am. I uh, remember where I was 20 years ago. Yes? I... Uh, was sound asleep in Phoenix, Arizona, when my wife calls me. We had just moved to Shreveport. I was the treasurer of the Arkansas-Louisiana Conference at that time. And she called me and said, you need to get up and turn on the news. And so I got up, turned on the news, saw the second plane crash into the, the buildings. 9-11. And I was sitting there, because we had been living in Washington, D.C. at the time. And we moved to Shreveport. I got up and I was sitting there thinking, man, I am so glad that we're not living in Washington, D.C. Because, you know, one of the planes was supposed to go, to, went to the Pentagon, and another one was supposed to go to the White House. And I was sitting there thinking, boy, I'm sure glad we live now out in the middle of no place in, in Shreveport. And then President Bush comes on. Guess where he's at? Shreveport. Anyway, I was, I remember it, it changed the world. I, I was very fortunate. I had a flight home on the 13th, and that flight actually went. I caught my flight. One of the few flights they actually allowed, so I, I was very, very thankful for that. But the world's a mess today, isn't it? And I think it's very fortunate that we are starting on September 11. There's a lot happening right now in this world, and the only place that people are going to find peace is right here. Amen? Amen? The only place you're going to find it is coming here and studying the Bible. So please take advantage of this. And invite your friends if they're wondering what in the world's going on. You know, there's, there's a lot going on in the world. The only thing that we can be certain of is the second coming of Christ. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen soon. And we want all of our friends and loved ones there. What's that? Oh, you want me? You want me to use this one? Okay. All right. This is kind of tough because I like to use my hands. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I have to get used to it, huh? Just, just All right. Okay. Well, my wife won't let me uh, start opening the presents yet. So you get uh, a little different sermon today. But, you know, as you're, as you're studying and you're preparing for your sermon, you always come across another text that kind of drives your study off in a different direction? You've done that? Yeah, well, that happened to me. So you're going to get my alternate study today. 
I came across a text, um, Revelation 2, I believe it is, 17, I think, is where it talks about how we're going to get a new name in heaven. And I got to thinking about that, a new name. And uh, as I thought about it, I started thinking of Bible characters, people in the Bible who have gotten a new name. Can you think of some? Abraham. Exactly. Who else? Jacob. Saul. Any others? Sarah. Yes. Um, Any others? How about Esther? Hadassah? Yes. What's that? Yes. Daniel. Yeah. Uh, How about um, uh, Joseph, who became... Um, Barnabas in the New Testament. Paul. Saul and Paul. There's quite a few of them, isn't there? But you haven't said one yet that I thought you would. How about Peter? Simon. He started off as Simon, right? And he became Peter. Well, actually, Peter's name change is the one that, that has given me the most cause to, to wonder about. Okay? We find in John 1, 42, where, where Jesus changed Peter's name. It says in, in John 1, 42, and he brought him to Jesus, and now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You will be called Caiaphas, which is translated the stone. Caiaphas means a rock. And, and, and so you translate it to the Greek and back to English, and it becomes Peter. That's how we get it. Um, of all the disciples, all 12 disciples, Simon Peter is the only one that got a new name. Right? And in fact, as far as I could tell, he's the only person that Jesus gave a new name to. Can you think of any others? I, I, I couldn't. So I started wondering why. Because we know in Desire of Ages, Ellen White tells us that everything that Jesus does, there's a wise purpose that underlied every act of Christ's life. Everything he did was important in itself and in its teaching. So why did Jesus change Simon's name to Peter? Was it because Jesus already knew he was going to have another disciple named Simon and he didn't want two Simons? Didn't want Simon one, Simon two, or Little Simon, Big Simon, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe there was something about Simon that maybe, maybe made Jesus think of Peter, of a stone. Uh, maybe the name Peter was more descriptive of who Simon uh, was or more descriptive of who Simon could become? I, I don't know. 
Maybe Jesus gave him a new name to help him become a different person. Possible? I don't know. You know, it's one of those things that, that uh, we're going to have to ask Jesus about one of these days. We do know that the term rock in the Old Testament refers to Jesus, God. We find that over and over again. If you go to Deuteronomy 32.4, it says that he is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of truth without injustice, righteous and upright, just is he. It's referring, the rock is referring to God. We find it again in Deuteronomy 32.15 and 32.18. In Psalms 18.2, David says, the Lord is my rock. So obviously the, the Lord here, David's referring to the, the rock as of the Lord, our strength. Isaiah calls the, the Lord a great rock in a weary land. Remember that? Our precious cornerstone. It's that, that rock. So I got to wondering, could this mean that by, by changing Simon's name to Peter or Rock, that Jesus was telling him that he had a very special ministry for him. That in some way, he was going to become like Jesus himself in his ministry, in his work. That, that in some way, he was going to become the rock for the Christian church. Amen? Well, so I started looking at some of the other name changes for some clues. See if I could find something that would, would back up what I was thinking. Well, let's start with Paul. The change of name from Saul to Paul probably was not a real name change. Okay? You see, um, Paul was born a Roman citizen. So he, he, had, he was a citizen of the city of Tarsus. So when he, he was born there, he undoubtedly had a Roman name. Right? And when he was circumcised, when he was, he was also a Jew, when he was circumcised, he was given a Jewish name. So, you know, when he was with the, with the uh, in Jerusalem, with the Jews, he went by Saul. When he was with the Gentiles, he went by his Roman name, Paul. That kind of makes sense because he's got a name. He'll be able to fit in a little better with them. And, and uh, so I think he kind of changed his name back and forth for practical ministerial reasons. Well, okay. How about Barnabas? All right. Let's, uh, we find in Acts 4.36. Acts chapter 4, verse 36, where we see that uh, Barnabas' name was changed. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles. Uh, so the apostles here change uh, Barnabas' name. Jesus did not. He was done by the, the believers who changed his name. And, and this was kind of done in harmony um, with the, the Jewish tradition of giving someone a new name uh, that, that would reflect their character or their personality. The, the Hebrews... Uh, 
and a lot of their neighbors, they, they place great importance upon on names. Uh, when I was in, I spent quite a bit of time in Zimbabwe, where in Zimbabwe, the names are very reflective of the person's character and their, who, who they are, right? And I think that's the way this crossed a lot of Africa. In, in America, we, we, we do things a little different. We, we, we look for names we like. But there, so I think that was done, done there. Sometimes um, names are kind of just haphazardly given. I, I know this one girl, her name was Centifer. Unique name, isn't it? Well, you see, uh, her parents couldn't decide on a name. Her dad wanted her to be Cynthia, and her mom wanted Jennifer. Jennifer. So they kind of just compromise. <laughs> Centifer. Okay. I, I thought it was unique, too. We just called her Cindy. <laughs> Esther. Uh, Esther 2.7, we find where Mordecai, he changes Hadassah's name to Esther. Uh, why, why did Mordecai change Esther's name? He was trying to hide her person, her heritage, who she was, uh, trying to hide her nationality. Let's go back into Genesis now, and let's look at Jacob. Somebody called out Jacob's name a few moments ago. Uh, we find it in Genesis 32, 28, where it says, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Here we have a name change that is very, very similar to Peter's, right? Okay, it was given to him by God as a recognition that there was a change in the relationship with God. Oh, okay. The deceiver had become the overcomer. Amen? All right, Genesis 17, kind of working our way back. And we have uh, verse 5, where Jesus says, Your name shall no longer be called Abram, but your name is now Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Another name change made by God. And again, it signifies a significant change in status with God. Abraham is going to be serving a new purpose for God, right? Now, let's go back to Peter. All right? Um, was Jesus renaming Peter in this same category? Well, there's no reason that I can find not to believe so. I do believe that he had a, a category for Peter, a special ministry for Peter. But I want you to notice something very interesting here. Turning your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 and verses 17 and 18. Matthew 16 and verse 17 and 18. Jesus answered and said to him, 
Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. What did Jesus call Peter in verse 16? Hmm. He calls him Simon, son of Jonah. But didn't he change his name? All right. Let's go on. Matthew chapter 17, verse 25. Matthew 17, 25. And he said, yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus anticipating him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From who do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes for their sons or from strangers? All right. What did Jesus call Peter? Problem. Huh? All right. Let's look at another one. Mark 14, 37. Mark chapter 14, verse 37. All right. Then he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? So, who was Jesus talking to? But what did he call him? You catching a, something that's going on here? All right, let's go on. Luke 22. Luke chapter 22. Now you understand why I'm wondering a little bit about Peter. Why it was causing me some trouble. Luke 22, starting with verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may shift you as wheat. But I pray for you that your faith shall not fail and that you, when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said to him, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day before you deny me three times. Once again, what did Jesus call him to begin with? Simon. Simon. He got it twice. He got the Simon, Simon. Yeah, you know, it's about like my mom called me my full name. You get your attention. Simon, Simon. All right, let's go on. John chapter 21. John chapter 21 in verse starting with 15 through 17. John 21, 15 through 17. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend to my sheep. Then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because 
the Lord, he said this to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. What did Jesus call Peter? Three times. Simon. Simon. Now, as far as the Bible is concerned, it seems like Jesus is always calling Peter Simon. But he had given him a new name. Why not address him as Peter? What do we make of this? Why did Jesus keep on calling him Simon while everybody else was calling him Peter? Could it be that God looked into Peter's heart? Uh-huh. And could still see the old Simon the fisherman. You think? Maybe? Could he see that, that Peter was still a self-centered, self-sufficient man? Could he see that Peter had not become what his new name implied? All right. Desire of Ages, page 673, says... When Peter said he would follow his Lord to prison and death, he meant it, every word of it. But he did not know himself. Hidden in his heart were elements of evil that circumstances would fam into life unless he made a conscious, unless he was made conscious of his danger. These would prove his eternal ruin. The Savior saw in him a self-love and assurance that would overbear even his love for Christ. Much of the infirmity of immortal sin, carelessness of spirit, unsanctified temper, heedlessness of, in entering into temptation had been revealed in his experience. Christ's solemn warning was a call to heart-searching. Peter needed to distrust himself and have a deeper faith in Jesus. Wow. Now, Peter did begin to manifest some of those characteristics of a rock. After the ascension of Christ and after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. That's when we start seeing the Peter the Rock come out, right? He certainly had significant influence in the early Christian church because we, we find in Acts 10 the story of Cornelius where he was leading out then. And, and in verse 13 it's talking about how the voice is uh, Simon whose surname is Peter. You know, it tells him to, to rise, kill, and eat the animals that were coming down, the unclean animals. Well, we know, we don't know for sure that that voice was God's. But we do know that that voice called him Peter. So at that point in time, Peter was representing the name that God wanted him to have. Amen? Amen. But later in Acts, we find that James is in control of the early Christian church. So somewhere along the lines, James replaces Peter, and eventually Paul replaces James. 
And Paul just, just kind of takes over from there, doesn't he? Comes to leader. Uh, we're probably going to have to wait for eternity to find out what God's real expectations were for Peter. Um, now let's go back to Revelation 2, verse 17. Revelation 2, verse 17, the verse that got me going off on a tangent, okay, that you're getting today. Revelation 2, verse 17, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Ah, this is special, isn't it? Just think. Jesus is going to give each of us a brand new name. Nobody knows what that name is right now, do we? And it's because we have a personal relationship with Jesus. Just like, just like Peter. He got a new name to signify his relationship with Jesus. Abraham, Jacob got a new name to recognize their, their relationship. We're going to get a new name. Well, it got me wondering. What name am I going to get? You know, um, I know that God has a name picked out for me. I, I know He does. And I know that name has a special meaning. Right? I would love for him to name me Peter, to be a rock. But then I got to wondering, am I living up to that new name? And when I see Jesus, is he going to call me Simon? Or will he call me Peter? the world to be my life my joy my all he is my strength from day to day without him i would fall when i am sad to him i go no other one can cheer me so when i am sad he makes me glad he's my friend. Jesus is all the world to me, my friend in trial sore. I go to him for blessings and he gives them all and all. He sends the sunshine and the rain. He sends the harvest golden grain, sunshine and rain, harvest of grain, he's mine. 
Jesus is all the world to me, and true to him I'll be. Oh, how could I this friend deny when he's so true to me? Following him I know I'm right. He watches all me day and night. Following him by day and night, he is my friend. Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust him now. I'll trust him when life's fleeting day shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend. Beautiful life that has no end. Eternal life, eternal joy. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and your protection. Thank you for being our friend. Father, we are excited about the meetings that are about to start. Help us to, to be like Peter the Rock this afternoon as we make those final contacts with our friends and families. Give us a boldness that only you can give to invite our friends, neighbors, people we meet to come to the meetings that start tonight. Father, we place these meetings in your hands. We place our lives in your hands, knowing that you care for each and every one of us and that our salvation is only through you. Father, we love you. Come quickly. In your name we pray. Amen.